0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Welcome back to the office. Today I am joined by Melanie Gao. Melanie, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me. This is an absolute pleasure.
0: I am so excited to have you, partially because we are becoming great friends and partially because you have a really cool perspective on sort of your brand's story and brand voice and how we develop that and use that really effectively.
1: Well, thank you for saying that. What I believe is that um, I don't have a cool handle on it. This thing exists and it's part of us and it has been part of us forever. We've co-evolved with it and we are just not using it or know as much about it as we could. So I'm more of an advocate than an owner of it.
0: An advocate's for story, Correct.
1: Correct. I was keeping that a bit secret, wasn't I? Yes, the
0: whole ancient, (laughs) (laughs) the the whole ancient
1: um, power is our story per se, but our own story is how we can Mm -hmm. harness this sort of ancient magic to to work for us. In our cases, it's very useful for supporting our businesses or our purposes or our mission. But fascinatingly Mm -hmm. enough, it's also able to create. Future, and it's able to do things like make us operate at an optimum level. It's, it's really an ancient power with, with all sorts of applications to it. But, like I say, I'm just an advocate. I'm not necessarily the
0: owner of this secret. Sure. You didn't invent story. Story has been around kind of a long time. I love that you are very aware and tapped into that perspective around sort of the history of story. How story has been such a huge pillar of civilization really. There's a there's a cool book I read a while back. It's um it's about the the changes in civilization when we learned how to cook food. But one of the sort of side plots of this book is that one of the ways that cooking food changed society is that in order to cook food, you had a fire and you sat around it and you told stories while you were waiting for it to cook. And so that, that's very tangential, it, it seems, but it brings us back to how central story was in creating what we now call civilization, in creating the, the bonds that bind people, really.
1: So it, it even goes deeper than that. The best evidence from archaeology and anthropology actually say that we co evolved the mind co evolved mm-hmm. with storytelling.
0: Absolutely.
1: And, and that's why we shared stories around mm-hmm. the fire that we had this we actually had this tool or mm-hmm. this innateness let's call it a, an innateness
0: an instinct
1: story and of course what the story does it you know it's literally how we got to the moon by sharing stories mm-hmm. because you can't you, you, you can't um lose story story doubles and quadruples the more we share mm-hmm. it so like if I have an apple and I give you the apple then I don't have an apple but if I right. give you a story, then you have that story and I have that story. And then you give me yours. And this is, this is how we, the, the whole process starts to, to have a compound effect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're kind of sharing ideas, experiences, emotions. I once went to a virgin piece of forest in Africa. And the, the area was cut off from modern medicine. And the, the the people that lived there were relearning how the plants affected their health. And what they would do is they would observe the Colobus monkey troop. The Colobus monkey would find a, like, I don't know, a leaf. And they would eat the leaf. They'd get stomachache, um, throw up. And the the people that were observing the Colobus monkeys would go back to the yes. settlement in the evening and would relate the story of which leaf the Colobus monkey um, would, got sick over and literally they relearned the properties of all of the forest by exchanging these stories of their day and what they'd observed and it was for me such a visceral real contemporary observation or experience of story at work that uh it helped me to see that it's still how we do this it's not just an idea this is not just Sort of, hey, story for selling. This, was, this is literally how we are created. And how we This is how we operate.
0: It. Yeah. I love that. And I think there's lots of depth. And you and I have talked about sort of the, the many ways that we interact with story. We've talked about the, sort of the stories we tell ourselves. We've talked about brand story. We've talked about, you know, over and over again, we in our personal conversations have talked about story. And that is the core of your work advocating for story in all of its iterations. We don't, however, have time to cover all of that. We'll have to have you back. So today I would really like to focus on story, particularly as it relates to the medium we're in right now in podcast.
1: Ah, so again, one of my very favorite areas is how we can use story um, to amplify and our reach and our resonance mm-hmm. And that's what Ooh. you are doing in, in I like months. reach and resonance. Reach that is and so... resonance, right? So yeah, that's uh, so. There's just one little one little example. Story mm-hmm. transcends bound ba- borders. You know, it can travel yeah. really far, and it goes by word of mouth, right? Uh, so, just tangentially, one of the reasons stories is so effective is that we forget data, but we remember mm. stories. And yes, we tell stories. So. I know we a story do. about you, and when I'm telling somebody else, I'm coming on this podcast. I'm like, oh, and Elizabeth, she's blah blah <laughs> blah, blah, blah blah blah, and I tell a story about you. So that, this is how how far story can go. So that's the reach and the resonances that we, well, our experiences are individual, but how we feel mm-hmm. about them is universal and story right. carries all the feelings the emotions and connects to hearts and why mm-hmm. it's so useful for businesses is because it it amplifies the know, like and trust it connects mm-hmm. it it demonstrates connect uh, you know credibility for example um, and we can control the narrative so what we're doing here on our podcast is is, is we're telling a, a story we want others to tell about ourselves mm-hmm we're controlling the narrative and then we're leaving an emotional calling card. Right. And so we get to pick which stories we tell. We don't have to tell all those ones that we'd rather stuff under the carpet. <laughs> we and so there are that you know, there are maybe twelve stories. You know, why not twelve disciples, twelve months? Twelve's sure. a good number. Twelve's a good 12's number. But There are three that everybody should have in their back pocket to be able to
0: pull out. And I do want to stop you for just a second. Like she said, there's tons of stories you could tell. And you are going to curate stories to your audience, to the things that you want to amplify. I want to, real quick, before you even go down that rabbit hole, curating your story is not being inauthentic. Curating what you choose to share is about privacy and boundaries. It is not inauthentic to put some things under the carpet and not tell everyone on earth about your sex life or whatever. We get to curate these and that is not the same as hiding things from other people. Carry on. And I love the fact that
1: you've actually just, you know, focused that or just redefined that because that's one of the fears a lot of people have is they're like, well, I don't want anyone to know my story. And mm-hmm. what they're saying is I don't want anyone to know the that story or the other story right and as you say there is no there may actually be um something that that sh- you shouldn't tell because it's right. not going to serve the purpose of this right. isn't about manipulating this is about connecting and this right. is about a deeper understanding of how to connect
0: absolutely because
1: we overshare because mm-hmm. we gossip but because there's so many ways in which we communicate this is about mastery and excellence of connection so again you're right not, it's not about inauthenticity this is actually about understanding authenticity as right. a, as as a skill that you can get excellent at
0: absolutely or,
1: or a, a way of being it's not even a skill it's a way of being how do you show up in a way that You bring your full self to in a way Mm -hmm. that connects to somebody else. Not your fractured self, not the not worked on self, the worked Mm -hmm. on person.
0: And a really important dimension to that is as you are able to sort of narrow focus in and, you know, remove all the fluff of all the things that aren't central to that connection, when you can filter out so that you can focus in on creating that connection, you're going to have a deeper, more authentic connection. Authenticity isn't about quantity of sharing. It is about the depth of sharing what is important to make that connection. And just to
1: build on that, there is a, you know, we, this, to authentically share gossip isn't as <laughs> effective as authentically right. sharing ideas or authentically mm-hmm. sharing your highest self. And right. So somewhere in there, we we need to learn, um, ha- learn how to tell the story that's going on inside, so that it just doesn't vomit on the world outside. Right. Because that right. would be authentic vomit, but nobody wants to clean that stuff up for us.
0: Right. We're not getting a lot of great deep connections out of authentic vomit, <laughs> um, apart from disgust or. or- <laughs> sure yeah. um, all right so i i've sidetracked you into authenticity let's go back the three core sh- stories you should be sharing and i'm
1: really glad you did because so I, I just to give you a tiny bit of background i hustled my way into the grown-up world in in, in what i call the real r double e l real world of movies and it was during mm-hmm. the weinstein era so you know <laughs> tough crowd um but, you know, that I think is the, is, is like the, the, the most sort of pressurised sort of crucible mm-hmm. that you could pop yourself through if you're mm-hmm. going to be using and, and talking about story. And um, the reason I brought it back up is that when you're watching a film that is a true story,
0: uh-huh.
1: you are not watching somebody go to the toilet unless it tells the story. You're not right. watching somebody you know pick their nose and um, ruminate on 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 things that are irrelevant if it isn't driving the narrative. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the container that's what we're, what we're trying to do here is if we're trying to forge connection, then what we're doing is we're, we're harnessing that those parts of our story that will tell the story. So when you' when it's based on truth. Every single part of it is true, but it is not all the truth.
0: It can and be a hundred percent true and not contain a hundred percent of the truth.
1: Correct. Um, so that's where it comes to. You're not hiding. You're not trying to, you know, um, not trying to, to disguise,
0: misrepresent,
1: misrepresent.
0: I love that.
1: Love that. Um, so back to the three stories. That um, that three stories are essentially. This is how you can even filter out uh, what you should be telling on social media and what the difference is between where do you use your story um, and all of those overwhelming things. The, 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 The categories are an everyday story. So that's what you tell on social media to make a point or a learning point. The second one is an origin story. This is the same thing as our superheroes, you know. Who um, who they are, why and why they do what they do, an origin story, and that can grow with you as you change. You can you can edit it, you can rewrite it, um, and then there is the the exceptional story that is the the idea that you have that's worth sharing. Not the one you want to sell, but really the intellectual capital extracted from all your experience that you would yourself on a stage with the spotlight of the world on you and share you've got 20 minutes what is it you share and what they're much easier to talk about is is I call them the origin story because everybody calls that then there's the phoenix story which is usually about how the rise from a failure the what did you learn and that can often be in, inform that big idea that's worth sharing that um, exceptional think, idea yeah and then there's the legend story which is essentially is the curation of everything that you believe in mm. and often we love failure stories, especially recovery sure. from failure stories. Oh, yeah! So that phoenix story will usually come from difficulty or success, or or you know rising from the hard times mm-hmm. and the challenges. And your origin story will be who you are, what you do, why, and why anybody should care. Right. Um, and then you've got your your the exceptional story, which is this legend story which is the one right. that you are and that's that's the one that that you it's often the hardest one to tell because you need a little sure. bit of research like maybe 40 years of research will just yeah about it's more. kind
0: of a it's sort of a manifesto maybe <laughs> yes i love that I mean, not communist here but the, this is what i believe this is very interesting um those sort of core belief statements is a big part of the work i do with clients in strategic planning we start with their philosophy, what they believe about the world, such that they've chosen to do what they've chosen to do. And I love this idea of taking those and turning them into story, turning them into this, what makes you a legend.
1: And the beautiful thing is, is that uh, uh, often on podcasts, they want those, you know, they want that story. They want to know who you are, right? Um, what you do and why, and More mm-hmm. importantly, why anybody should care, because that right. is the question we're always asked. Always asking, even of other people. Um, they, 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 they. Everyone loves the failure story, right? And they want you to be a failure, but they love to know that people have risen from challenges that have you know overcome. It's sort of
0: thing. that every saint has been a sinner sort of idea. <laughs> and I love that too so much. And then there
1: is that deeper sharing, which I love the word philosophical. The philosophy mm. is that you used. It's that deeper sharing of 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 your beliefs, and that can right. often show us what is possible in the future. Mm-hmm. It, it it if anybody's trying to spot what that story might be, the key to it, it would be what the words should or ought reveal. Right? Like, what do I what do I believe should the sh- the world should be like? What do mm-hmm. I believe it my experience or people's experience ought to be like that's the key to the philosophical values in the story
0: yeah I love this so there's there's something I think I've said I love this about 18 times as you can tell people we're on the same page uh you're talking about the future the way it should be the way it ought to be the way you believe it should be and this is something I talk about a lot in the context of leadership Because one of my uh, sort of definitions of leadership is a leader is somebody who envisions a version of the future and then galvanizes people to act towards that future, inspires people to make motions towards that future. And that is, like you're saying, that is what makes somebody into a legend. That's what makes somebody into a leader is having this, this manifesto, this philosophy, this what should the world look like? What do I want the world to look like because then, as business owners, uh, we are we can sort of sell that version of the future. Follow me; I'm headed that way. I will bring you along. Work with me; I will walk you towards this version of the future. As business owners, we present to our clients, even somebody who is selling eyeglasses. They are selling us a version of the future where we look cute and stylish in those eyeglasses. And that is what people buy. They buy that version of the future that you've laid out. And I love using these stories to connect to people, not just to say, in the future, you'll have cute eyeglasses, but to have that as a narrative, as a journey that they can, they can join you in. And
1: when we tell that story of what it's like to you know, be, have these cute eyeglasses, We aren't just saying, um, here's a problem and here's the solution, wear them. We create the story of what will be possible Mm -hmm. when we can see better and when we look cuter Mm -hmm. and what the responses will be to us uh, in those glasses, uh, how our self-esteem will go up. And all of those Mm -hmm. are a story that hasn't yet happened. That's where the leadership story actually. It's just um, making a leader is somebody who can make a story come true,
0: right? Yeah, and we follow them because we believe that they can make a story come true.
1: Yes, and that's because they have a, you know, they do have this deep rooted belief that this is the way the world should be. You know, mm-hmm. Better, better eyewear to use our our current our current tool for discussion.
0: Mel is wearing really cute eyeglasses, guys. It's true. I actually just bought them. Because I was like, hey, my glasses
1: are just not cute, cute
0: enough. I mean, exactly. She followed a brand story that if she bought their glasses, she would be cuter. She would be able to see. Maybe they're blue light blocking. Who knows? This is all part of It's so much more than pain points. It's so much more than you can't see right now. This is a story about who Mel gets to be now that she can see in her cute glasses. They get her compliments that are the subject of this whole podcast, essentially.
1: And whenever I look in the mirror, I'm like, God damn, I'm cute.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and that is the future that was sold to her through this narrative around who she could be if she just had these sunglasses or not sunglasses, eyeglasses. If I just believed what mm-hmm. the eyeglass
1: wearer, eyeglass manufacturer believed, mm-hmm. that eyeglasses could do all this for us. Exactly. And of course... You know, eyeglasses are just one way in which this could plan out because story literally happens across the board everywhere. And Absolutely. The, the wonderful thing about storytelling is it has a way of making other people feel like you're inside their head. Once mm-hmm. we can really understand what's going on in somebody's imagination for themselves or even the mind goblin chatter, We can actually start to almost be telepathic with others. So it's not empathetic, it's telepathic. We have a story that we tell about us about situations externally, and we have an internal story, and we have that philosophical story, that ought or should story. So as business owners, if we can understand what people are are comfortable saying out loud about their problem that we're hoping to solve and then we can understand their secret story they're telling inside their head and we can reflect that to them literally creates the feeling that somebody can read your mind and then when we can tap into that ought and that should that philosophical base that's where the value foundation is held bang whoopsie dolly there you are connected reaching and
0: resonating it's, a, it's really powerful this is something i see a lot is that desire to to connect with people on a level that they're not even yet maybe aware of because we haven't always spoken these internal stories aloud yet right we've said eh my eyeglasses are meh but we haven't said if only i had better eyeglasses And when we can tap in and complete that narrative with them, that becomes that, I love that, telepathic.
1: So that, so that, let's just take the eyeglasses and play with them for a bit. So the
0: external
1: story would be like, look, I'm short-sighted. I need glasses. There would be a sort of a shrug about that. Like I have to have glasses and you could stop there. Whatever. It's it's not emotional. It's
0: glasses. It's
1: like, oh, cool. That's practical um just because i need to see at night when i'm driving better or something like that right the internal narrative which like i might feel like i i don't have permission for is like Mm. sure because i don't want to be vain because i've Mm -hmm. been told uh you know that i uh, all sorts of stories around pride i don't feel necessarily that i should be allowed to want to look good in those eyeglasses
0: Right, they're for utility. They're not for you. And for utility, and also
1: there's narrative around that. You know your face shape, and we'll just get mm. you one that fits your face shape and isn't too wide, and mm-hmm. you know curves your brow. And you're like, no, that that's good. Da, I look kind of cool in them, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that thing of like, I should be allowed, or rather, I. I but I want to really look cute in them. I want to right. express my personality. Um, I want to feel cool. Damn it.
0: Right. Might not. I want my glasses to be a statement for me. Um, and, and, um, and, yeah, I want people to turn
1: around and go, I wish I was short sighted. <laughs> exactly. So there's that. So if, if somebody selling eyeglasses can tap into that story, not only would I feel they were reading my mind, I would feel permission. Right. To have it. And then right. the whole um, philosophical thing is. Uh, you know, people get short-sighted and long-sighted because they get older, and their mm-hmm. eyeballs are the wrong shape, and all sorts of things. the 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 the, it, the should or the ought, the philosophy should would be bad. Eyesight really shouldn't hold me back, yeah, from achieving them everything I can. Mm-hmm. Back before we had eyeglasses, of course, it would mean I couldn't be on the hunting team, or mm. um, you know, I wouldn't be allowed to. That be on lion spotting duty because my eyesight would be shit. And I'd be like, yeah, but I would be a great lion spotter. I love lions, but I would not be allowed to be
0: right or an in airplane a, pilot.
1: Yeah, in our modern day parlance. And so there is that. You know, my my eyesight shouldn't hold me back. And if I, when you're when you're if you're an eyeglass purveyor of fine goods, fine eyeglasses, you could tap into those three layers,
0: mm-hmm. then.
1: That's that's just something so magical, right. so
0: magical. Because then what you're selling is not just eyeglasses, but eyeglasses that prevent you from being held back. And even even more, going back to that internal story, not only do they prevent do they prevent you even from being only. held back. They enable you, there we go, no double negative necessary. They enable you to pursue whatever it is you need good sight for. But they also enable you to pursue a certain self-image. They also enable you, you know, you have that permission and you don't feel like you should have to ask for that permission anymore because you can have the cute ones. You can spot lions and be cute.
1: (laughs) Now I've got a visual.
0: Now I've got a visual running. I am a cute cute
1: lion spotter.
0: You are a cute lion spotter.
1: I am a hot, cute lion. Lion-spotting badass. How
0: about now that? Now I'm picturing like cat eye glasses with like leopard print. Anyway, we have gotten well into, I love a good extended case study. So that was fantastic. I'm going to wrap us all up with the question that I ask everybody. In your work and in your world, how do you stay focused?
1: Oh my goodness me. I've got to be honest, it may be that I have been doing this for so long. Um, that I just have so much joy around it mm-hmm. that I've I I'm not entirely sure I ever switch off. Which, you know, I'm quite sure that you'll have some solution for me and some advice about that. <laughs> um, but in terms of focus, my my genuinely Uh, One of my life hacks is to turn fear into curiosity. Curiosity Mm. is the kernel of story. So that helps. And secondly, I have this real, real passion for it. So when I Mm -hmm. meet people, I am so interested in their story. And I have this absolute belief that a person, if you know someone's story, they're no longer a stranger. If you know their dreams, their family. Yeah. And so for me, story and focus is purely because I I remain focused because I remain completely curious. Hmm. Whenever my curiosity goes, that'll be when I'm, you know, distractible.
0: Sure. I think also you have some very powerful stories in your world and stories can be sort of a magnifying glass that focuses us in.
1: It's very true. And it's a little secret here. The future, we, we were talking about leadership. The mm. future is literally a story that it's just a story that comes true. Yeah. So when we're doing those four day retreats of, of goal setting for the year, what we're really doing is deep diving on creating a future. Yeah. And so as you say, it can it can create that focus and then you can just let it go and it will create the future as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm always very mindful about the stories in my head, including, you know, those ones of like, oh, my God, the dogs are barking too much.
0: Or, Ugh, <laughs> no, no, no. Welcome. This is out. real life. There's probably baby sounds in the background of half of my <laughs> podcast episodes, and we are OK with that.
1: Um, but, you know, even those little stories where we go, oh, she hates me. I she did. Uh, she, you know, she walked past me. She ignored me. She hates me. It's just a story. Right, so right. even those ones are, you know, I can have, but I can spot them as just being a story, which is so much fun.
0: Mm. Yeah, we get to choose how much power we give these stories as well.
1: Don't we? Don't we? And we have said this. One of the magical powers about story is the the one we're telling inside. Mm. That that is the one that we sh- we we should really strive to excel over because that's the secret power that gets us to wherever we want to go.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much. Like I said, we've barely scratched the surface. This, with was you. Fun. Uh, this has been so much fun. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for spending your time with me, Elizabeth Tolis, here in the Emerald Office. If you want to hear, watch, read, and learn more about entrepreneurship, focus, and living a life of impact, I invite you to check out Full Focus Entrepreneur, where I coach small business owners to be more effective, more organized, more profitable, and more impactful. If you're interested in listening to more of me talking to myself and others, please check out the Emerald Office, where all the episodes for all of my podcasts can be found. Both the Emerald Office and Full Focus Entrepreneur, as well as my social media and the show notes, can be most easily found at ElizabethTolis.com. And I want to specially thank Eric Tolis, who made the sweet backtrack you're listening to now, and Maria Carius, who made the beautiful artwork that graces this podcast cover. A link to all of Maria's art can be found in the show notes.